Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. Our study together is found in the prophecy of Daniel, and we have arrived to Daniel chapter 4, which is an extremely interesting chapter, and in this chapter we learn of the fact that God humbled King Nebuchadnezzar who in pride exalted himself and did not give God the right place that he deserved. King Nebuchadnezzar was blessed by God by being the one that received the position of being the first monarch that will begin the times of the Gentiles, the king of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar, as we have already studied together, prided himself in the third chapter of Daniel by building this huge image made out of gold, seeking to exalt himself and demanding from everyone in his entire provinces that belong to Babylon to fall down and worship the golden image. And so by the end of chapter 3, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, Nebuchadnezzar realized that the one that he need to give glory is the God of Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And we read in chapter 3 and verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And to remind you, my dear brothers and sisters, that at the end of chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that no one can speak against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that is, the God of heaven, the God of Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Because, he said at the end of this third chapter, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. He gave them promotion to Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, 
And now, beloved brothers and sisters, we enter into the fourth chapter, and there the whole chapter deals with the fact that God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. And so how God humbled Nebuchadnezzar, we learn as we go through these very interesting verses uh, together. There are 37 verses in Daniel chapter 4. We will deal in this ministry with the first 18 verses. And so follow me as I'm reading Daniel 4 verses 1 to 18. Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God has wrought toward me. How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house, and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream, which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed, and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the vision of my dream that I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the side thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. The beasts of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the bow thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. I saw in the vision of my head upon the bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. 
he cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field. And let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed for men's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven time pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basis of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Well, dear brothers and sisters, I've read Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 to 18. Very interesting chapter that follows immediately after the event that occurred in chapter 3, when Nebuchadnezzar built this image of gold, that was placed in the plain of Dua, and he demanded that at the sound of the certain instruments, everyone will fall down and worship this great image. And so we learn in chapter 3 that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael did not worship. He, that is Nebuchadnezzar, cast them into the burning oven that he heated seven times more than usual, and yet God preserved these godly Hebrews in the midst of the fire, and that God is the one that watched over them and was with them, one like the Son of God. And whether it was the pre-incarnate Messiah or an angel there in the midst of the furnace that is burning with fire along with the three Hebrews, whoever was there, it was the protection of God over the people of Israel during the time of trouble in the days of the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, in chapter 4 now, we learn how God is going to humble Nebuchadnezzar and teach him an important lesson. To remind you, dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, that scripture teaching us the importance of recognizing our place before God. The human heart is proud 
All of us by nature are proud, and God resists the proud, but He gives grace unto the humble. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 2, we do read, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. That's what King Solomon said to Israel to remember this. And this is what you and I need to learn. Of course, sadly, when our hearts are not tuned with the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, it is so easily uh, the sin nature rises from within us and the pride is rising. King Solomon continued to say in Proverbs 16 verse 5 to Israel, he said, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. God resists the proud. And so everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto the Lord. In verse 18 of the very same 16th chapter of the book of Proverbs, King Solomon said, Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Once again, in the 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs, we read there in verse 23 these words, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And so here, beloved brothers and sisters, God is teaching Nebuchadnezzar a lesson. The lesson is that pride cometh before a fall. And so we learn here in the first 18 verses of Nebuchadnezzar's dream of this tree, of a huge tree that represented Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom that he was over. In chapter 3, we had the image of gold that he made, because in chapter 2, his dream was of a great image that had four kind of materials, gold, silver, brass, and iron. And Nebuchadnezzar, was the first one, the head of gold, the first monarch during the times of the Gentiles when Israel and Israel's kingdom from God was delivered to the hands of the Gentiles. So Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 3 did not want other kingdoms to follow after him, and that's why he built this huge image of gold only representing him because Daniel said to him, you are this head of gold. And so in pride, Nebuchadnezzar built this huge image of gold demanding from everyone to worship the image, namely to worship him, seeking to take glory from the God of heaven, from the God of Israel. Now in this fourth chapter, we learn that God have allowed Nebuchadnezzar to dream another dream, but this time it's not a dream of a huge image that he saw in chapter 2. The golden image that he saw, he later on built this huge image, though everyone will worship him, 
Now in the fourth chapter, Nebuchadnezzar gave a testimony of how God dealt with him and the lessons that he learned from the dealing of God with the king himself. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we learn here in chapter 4 how Nebuchadnezzar, in the first three verses, he presents a proclamation before all his subjects. Now, if you would read the Hebrew text, really the first three verses belong to the Masoetic text, a continuation of chapter 3. Yet, here in the English text, verses 1, 2, and 3 are part of this fourth chapter. And so Nebuchadnezzar now proclaiming to all his subjects, and he's calling them to listen to what he has to tell them. And so notice this. First of all, in verse 1, the call of Nebuchadnezzar unto all people, nations, and languages. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. Notice that. He is calling all the people, all the nations, and all the languages that dwell in all the earth. Remember, beloved brothers and sisters, that God have given unto Nebuchadnezzar the privilege to be the first ruler of the period of time in history that is called the times of the Gentiles. Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 2, Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Verse 37. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heavens, God, he has given them into thine hand. And he made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So in other words, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, and he reminded him that he received from the God of heaven, kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Also universal dominion. And so now in chapter 4 and verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar, who received these from the God of heaven, is now calling unto all people, nation, languages that dwell on the earth, and he's saying, Peace be unto you. And then he desired to share what the Most High God have done with him, within his life. Notice what he says. It's like a testimony that Nebuchadnezzar testifying, sharing with all the world, what God have done in his life, how God have dealt with him, and how God have ultimately had to teach him lessons because of the pride of King Nebuchadnezzar. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God has wrought toward me. Notice Nebuchadnezzar used this expression, high God, in other translation. It used the word most high God, Elaha Aliyah in the Aramaic. In the Hebrew, it is El Elyon. El Elyon. It comes from 
The first time it mentioned in Scripture, it's found in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18 and 19 to remind you what the Lord have spoken when he called Abraham. And then Abraham had to meet Malkitzedek. And you remember what we read in Genesis 14 verses 18 and 19. And Malkitzedek, king of Shalem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. In Hebrew, Kohen Le'el Elyon. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Avram of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. You see, the Most High God, the El Elyon, is the possessor of heaven and earth. Why? Because he is the creator of heaven and earth. The Most High God created all things, and he possessed all things. And Nebuchadnezzar, in chapter 4 and verse 2, gathering all the people of the earth, calling them to listen to his testimony, and he said that I thought it good to show the sign and and wonders that the high God, the most high God, has wrought toward me. You notice, brothers and sisters, Nebuchadnezzar gave a personal testimony. You see, when God works in our lives, and He changes our hearts, and He deals with us at times severely because of our pride, and when God is working out things in our life, we would want to share this as a testimony with others. And Nebuchadnezzar, being this first monarch of the first kingdom, Babylon, he could speak to all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. And he could send letters and send declaration and send those that will give to the world population of the then-known world that he was ruling over them, he could send toward them and let them know what the Most High God had wrought towards him. As it says here in verse 2, the Most High God has wrought towards me. And so we read another statement in verse 3, that that statement most likely was written by Daniel, because after all, Daniel is the one that is the author under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He is the author of the book of Daniel, of the prophetic word of Daniel. And Nebuchadnezzar may very well have given him his testimony. And Daniel, as the scribe, as the prophet, would write it down under the divine inspiration. And notice what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. And Daniel, who knew his scripture, had put it in the record of the word of God. Nebuchadnezzar says, How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. This may be something that Daniel have included in this text because Nebuchadnezzar knew very little about the true and living God of heaven, the true and living God of Israel, the true and living God of Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. 
And so Daniel as the scribe may very well included and help Nebuchadnezzar, we might say, to present this as he tell the story of the work in which God has wrought in his life. Later on at the end of the chapter, we do read in verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to obey. This is what Nebuchadnezzar is writing concerning the Most High God, the Possessor of heaven and earth. And this is so beautiful, beloved brothers and sisters, when Nebuchadnezzar is presenting here the greatness of God. How indeed God is so great. And it's so wonderful to hear it coming from Nebuchadnezzar's mouth, penned by Daniel and presented before us in this prophecy of the book of Daniel. In Psalm 71, we do read concerning the greatness of God. In verse 19, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things. O God, who is like unto thee, the psalmist of Israel have declared. Wonderful declaration concerning the God of heaven. The Apostle Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 11 as he was writing to the believers in the city of Rome who were part of the body of Christ, the body of Messiah. He wanted them to remember that everything is from God, that God is the one that is the greatest one, that there is none like him. And Paul, Shaul Paul, you remember what he wrote in Romans 11 and verse 33, all the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. This is what Shaul, Paul, the apostle, wrote to the believers in the city of Rome to remind them of the greatness of God. And here Nebuchadnezzar, is presenting here the greatness of God and the signs and the wonders that God have done in his life. And notice he said in verse 3b that God's kingdom, this most high God, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. In the Aramit is Dar Vadar, in Hebrew, Dor Vador is from generation to generation, is an everlasting kingdom. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, the kingdom that God have entrusted unto Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian kingdom which God have entrusted unto him during the times of the Gentiles, is a temporary kingdom as well as the Persian will receive a temporary kingdom. 
and the Grecians a temporary kingdom, the Romans a temporary kingdom, and anyone who ruled today in this world, he has a temporary kingdom. But the kingdom of the Most High God is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion is from generation to generation. In other words, even today, even today, in a world in which we live in, while the vast majority of the world reject God, reject the Mashiach, the Messiah Yeshua, reject the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who gave His life here for the sin of this world, yet, beloved friend, the Lord is ruling, and His kingdom is everlasting kingdom, and His dominion, beloved brothers and sisters, is an everlasting dominion from generation to generation. To remind you what we read about the Lord Jesus the Messiah in the Gospel of Luke, in the first chapter, how in Luke chapter 1 and verse 13 we read, And the angel said unto her, This is to Miriam, Fear not, Miriam, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, in Hebrew, Yeshua. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. David was promised a throne that his son, a descendant of David, will sit upon David's throne, this everlasting throne. We read in verse 33 concerning the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, that he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is exactly what we read in the second chapter of the book of Daniel concerning the stone that came out without hands out of the mountain. And we read how this very, very stone is the one that destroyed the whole image of all the material. And in the days of these kings, Daniel 2.44, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all this kingdom, and it shall stand forever. Daniel 2.44, wonderful assurance that God, as Nebuchadnezzar declared here, as Daniel penned it for him here in Daniel 4 verse 3, the Most High God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion is from generation to generation. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in the next verses, verses 4 to 9 of Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar tells the circumstances of his second dream. What was the situation? What was the circumstance in which he was at that time when he received that second dream? And so he says, First of all, in verses 4 and 5, Nebuchadnezzar was resting and flourishing in his own house, in his own palace, when he received that dream. It says here, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. 
I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. So imagine, Nebuchadnezzar is now resting, he's flourishing, he's resting in his house, he's flourishing in his own palace. Notice, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts upon my bed and the vision of my head troubled me. You notice that? I, my, mine, and me. In other words, it is a very personal testimony of Nebuchadnezzar to all the people of the earth to whom he called to hear that experience which he had. So, Nebuchadnezzar said, everything was well with me. I was resting in my house, and I was flourishing. Things went well in the history of Nebuchadnezzar. But then, then God, who knew his heart, allowed him to experience another dream, a second dream. I saw a dream which made me afraid, Nebuchadnezzar says. And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. He saw once again another vision, another dream, that this time he was really troubled by it again. The thought that he had in his mind really troubled him. And he was really afraid. And so, in verses 6 and 7, Nebuchadnezzar continued to tell the story of the circumstances where he was when he saw the dream. So he was resting, and he was flourishing, and who God who knew his heart showed him this second dream. So in verses 6 and 7, Nebuchadnezzar said, I called to bring all the wise men of Babylon, all the wise men of Babylon, verses 6 and 7, to come, to tell him the interpretation of that dream. We read in verse 6 and 7, Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and I told the dream before them, but listen to these beloved brothers and sisters, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. You notice this time, he calling them wise men of Babylon again. But at this time, he doesn't expect from them to tell him the dream itself, and then the interpretation. No, here he only asked them to tell him the interpretation of the dream. Because, according to verse 7, we read, I told the dream before them. This time, not as in chapter 2. You remember in verses 3, 4, and 5 in chapter 2, when Nebuchadnezzar dreamt the dream of the image, there he demanded from them, first of all, to tell him the dream, and then the interpretation. But they couldn't give him the dream, and therefore they couldn't give him the interpretation in the first dream, in 
Daniel chapter 2. This time, he asked from them only to give him the interpretation after he had shown unto them the dream. But apparently in verse 7, they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. It's amazing that there was magicians and astrologers and Chaldeans and soothsayers. These are all supposedly to be the wise men of Babylon. To remind you that after Daniel had revealed Nebuchadnezzar, for Nebuchadnezzar the dream and the interpretation of the great image in the second chapter of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar elevated Daniel and he placed him in a high position. He made a decree according to chapter 2 verse 48 that that the king made Daniel a great man and he gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and notice then chief of the governor over all the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel was the chief one of all the wise men of Babylon. So he doesn't come here first to the king in chapter 4. First of all, all the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, they come in, they hear of the dream of the tree, this gray tree, but they cannot give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation thereof. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 8 and 9, last of all came Daniel. Remember that Daniel means Dani, my judge, El, God. God is my judge. And Daniel was a godly young man that was taken captive and years passed by now and now he is in Babylon became the one that according to the end of the second chapter, he became the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. So we read in verses 8 and 9, At last Daniel came before the king. And notice what we read. Again, Nebuchadnezzar gave his testimony. But at last Daniel came in before me. Again, notice Nebuchadnezzar is the one that tells the event that tell the circumstances during which God have allowed him to dream that dream that troubled him, dream that he was afraid from, dream that the Lord have presented before him in order to teach him lessons. So Daniel came before me, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, and you notice now that Nebuchadnezzar, is remembering the name that he gave to Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Notice the word Belteshazzar, meaning may Baal protect his life. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar still was a pagan king. He worshipped multitude of idols, multitude of gods, And Daniel's God became like one of these gods that he worshipped as one of the multitude of gods. And so he gave Daniel, according to chapter 1 and verse 7, the name Belteshazzar, which is the name according to the name of my God. My God is Baal. So to remember 
Nebuchadnezzar gave this name to Daniel, but of course Daniel being a man of God, never forgot that God, the God of heaven, the God of Israel is his God and his judge. So notice what we read. So Daniel came at last, and it says, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, in whom the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told the dream, saying. So Nebuchadnezzar once again mentioning the fact that he recognized that the spirits of the holy gods, again, he doesn't speak here about the holy God of Israel or the holy God of heaven, he speaks about the holy gods, in other words, the plurality of gods that it's the spirit of the holy God before him and in him. And I told Daniel the dream, and I said to him, verse 9, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret trouble thee, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, here Nebuchadnezzar is asking Daniel to tell him here both the visions and the interpretation. Now he told his dream to the other wise men of Babylon, but they could not give the interpretation. But when it comes to Daniel, he said, Tell me the vision of my dream that I have seen, and he adds the interpretation thereof. So, beloved brothers and sisters, here Nebuchadnezzar's sharing with all the people, nations, and languages, all that dwell in all the earth, with them he's sharing the circumstances in which he received that unique dream, the dream of the tree, the huge tree, and now, beloved Brothers and sisters, in the next verses, verses 10 to 18, Nebuchadnezzar relate the dream itself to Daniel. And so we read in verse 10 to 18 how he relate the dream to Daniel. And so verses 10 and 11 and 12 we see that Nebuchadnezzar dream of a great tree in the Aramaic is called Ilan. And we read of the rapid exaltation and the growth of the tree which really represented Nebuchadnezzar himself. You notice how interesting in verses 10, 11, and 12, Nebuchadnezzar said to Daniel, Thus were the visions of mine head, in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. The beast of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heavens dwelt in the bows thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. So, beloved brothers and sisters, Nebuchadnezzar relayed the dream to Daniel. 
And you notice the progression that we see here in the growth or the development of the tree, which really represents before us the rapid exaltation of King Nebuchadnezzar and the influence that he had over all the nations of the world during the time that he reigned. And to remind you once again, beloved brothers and sisters, that the whole book of Daniel shows us that God is the one that handed over the kingdom to the nations of the world. Nebuchadnezzar was the first monarch that began the period of time that is called the times of the Gentiles. And everything was given unto him. Nothing that he had to do, it was all allowed by God and given unto him. Already in chapter 1 and verse 1, we read that the Lord gave to Nebuchadnezzar, Yoyakim, the king of Judah, into his hand. Even part of the vessels of the house of God, he gave it unto him as well. We also read in chapter 2, that the God of heaven, verse 37, has given thee kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Everything was given from God. You will have a universal dominion over all the people of this earth and even the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven. Everything had been given unto thee, Nebuchadnezzar. So you notice the rapid growth that we see, the rapid development that we see, the rapid exaltation. The tree represented Nebuchadnezzar himself. And you notice this, we read in verses 10, 11, and 12, 11 points. Verse 10 we read, that I saw and behold a tree. Notice it began with a tree. Then it was great, it says, in the midst of the earth, and the height of it was great. It was a huge tree, high, very high. Then, thirdly, the tree, verse 11, was strong. Fourthly, verse 11b, the height thereof reached unto heaven. Fifthly, verse 11, the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. A tree that was great, that was strong, that reached to heaven and was seen over all the earth. Five points in verse 10 and 11. Then in verse 12, there is a continuation. In verse 12, the leaves thereof were fair, was beautiful. Seventhly, the fruit thereof was much, much fruit on the tree. Number eight, that it was food for all. And in it was food, was meat, was food for all. Number nine, the beasts of the field had shadow under it. Number ten, the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the boughs on the branches. And finally, in verse 12, number 11, and all flesh, everyone, everyone was fed by it. In other words, what we really learn here in this dream that the Buchadnezzar relate now to Daniel of this great tree that Nebuchadnezzar represented by that tree was so blessed by God 
to be exalted, to have a rapid influence over all the nations of the world, and that that tree grew and developed, that everyone was able to be taken care over by that tree. It was a great tree. It grew strong. It reached to heaven, reached to all the earth. The leaves were beautiful. The fruit was plenty. The food was enough for all. The beasts of the field sat under the shadow. The fowls as well dwelt in the bows thereof. And all the people of the earth, all flesh, was fed of it. Amazing. Then notice, in the next verses, beloved brothers and sisters, as Nebuchadnezzar relate the dream to Daniel, in verses 13, 14, 15, and 16, we read of Nebuchadnezzar is now describing the fall of that great tree that he saw in that vision. So in verses 13 and 14, we read how, listen, the watchers and the Holy One came down from heaven to make a declaration. This is what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. I saw. You notice verse 10, I saw and behold a tree. Verse 13, I saw in the vision of my head upon my bed and behold a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. Now that expression, watcher, in the Aramaic, it's Eir, it's really an angel. And it says also, and an holy one, this is in the Aramaic, is Kaddish. In Hebrew, it is Kadosh. The word Kadosh simply means a set apart one. God set apart his angels to serve him. It's beautiful to see this is an expression that applied to the angels. There's a verse in the book of Deuteronomy 33 and verses 1 and 2. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. The Hebrew, Revavot Kodesh, these are angels. From his right hand went fiery law for them. In other words, God used the angels to give his people Israel the Torah, the law. And he using these called holy one or set apart one, Mekudashim, Kedoshim, set apart servants of God and serving him towards his people Israel. But anything and anyone in this world that the Lord seek to deal with, he even using the angels to serve him. They are ministering spirits in the psalm, Psalm 103, 
In verse 20, we do read, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. The angels that are excelling in strength, they do his commandments, and they hearken unto the voice of the Lord's word. Amazing to see how the angels are serving the Lord. Actually, in the very same book of Daniel, in chapter 8, there in verse 13, we do read about the angels. In verse 13, And then I heard one saint, it's an angel, speaking unto another saint, said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? How long will it happen that the temple will be trodden down by the nations? And you notice verse 13 used the word holy one or saint. And the word saint simply means set apart. It's really speaking of an angel that was set apart for the service of the Lord. See, you and I are called saints because we are also being set apart to serve God. We are also saint positionally. We have been set apart to be belong to God because we have accepted the redemption provided by our Lord Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. So, to the Holy One come from the word Kadosh. In the Aramaic, Kadish. In the Hebrew, Kadosh, which simply means to be set apart. An angel set apart. A vessel in the temple was set apart for God. The temple itself was set apart to God. That's why it's called the Sanctuary. That which is set apart for God. And so now we find out this angel came and we find out that this watcher, he is watching and he's the Holy One, he's set apart for God. He came and he makes a declaration. I just want to read just one more verse in Hebrews chapter 1 concerning the angels. Look what the writer to the Hebrews said in Hebrews 1 in verse 13. But to which of the angels he said at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? To no one. He didn't tell the angels to sit on his right hand. Only to the Messiah he said that. And then the writer continued, the Hebrew writer continued, said, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who should be heirs of salvation? You see, the angels are also servants to minister to people such as us, such as believers in God, believers in the Lord Jesus the Messiah, believers who are the heirs of salvation, and the angels are responsible, called by God, to be servants, to be ministering spirits according to Hebrews 1, verses 13 and 14. So, again, back to our chapter. And so in verses 13 
and 14, Nebuchadnezzar described the falling of the tree, and he began by saying, I saw in the vision of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one, it's an angel, came down from heaven. God sent him. And notice what in verse 14 we read what this watcher, this holy one, this angel said. He cried aloud and said thus. Now look what this angel, this holy one, this watcher said concerning the tree. Five things in verse 14. Hew down the tree and cut off his branches shake off his leaves, and scatter his fruits, let the beasts get away from under it, and the fowl from his branches. Nebuchadnezzar is now relating the dream to Daniel. And after he mentioned the tree that I saw, and behold, a tree, and the 11 steps of exaltation, this rapid influence of that tree of all the world, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, the elevation that was there in the previous verses 10, 11, and 12. Now in verses 13 and 14, Nebuchadnezzar now described the fall of the tree, and he see this watcher, this holy one, this angel, proclaiming, coming from heaven, proclaiming, cut down the tree, Hew the tree, cut off the branches, shake off the leaves, scatter his fruit, and have all the beasts and the fowls get away from being under that tree. Amazing. And now, beloved brothers and sisters, as Nebuchadnezzar relate this dream to Daniel in verses 15 and 16, Nebuchadnezzar relate a very interesting provision of God through that watcher, through that holy one, through that angel concerning that tree. Verses 15 and 16, the watcher commanded a few things about that tree. Again, notice there's something that the watcher is commanding. Nevertheless, this watcher is saying in verse 15 and 16, leave the stump of his roots in the earth even with the band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts with the grass of the earth. Verse 16, Let his heart be changed from man's and let a beast heart be given unto him. And let seven time pass over him. It is very interesting because in verses 15 and 16, we have that tree now commanded by the angel to be hewn down. Notice this. He cried and he said, hew down the tree, cut him down. And then not only this, Cut off his branches. Then shake off his leaves. Another one, don't let the leaves remain there. And then scatter all the fruits. And then finally, get out of there. 
the beasts and the fowl from his branches. Completely take the tree, the upper part of the tree, but notice in verse 15, we have the fact that the tree, in verse 16, the tree will have an experience. In other words, that tree is now, you can see the figure is now changing from the picture of a tree to the personal judgment of King Nebuchadnezzar. Because here we learn that now it says, let his heart, you you see how we know that the tree represented men, represented Nebuchadnezzar. Let his heart be changed for men's, and let a beast heart be given unto him, and let seven time pass over him. In other words, what we really learn here, that there will be a mental disorder allowed by God through the angel to happen, to fall upon the tree which represented Nebuchadnezzar. You notice this figure is now changing to become the personal judgment of King Nebuchadnezzar because it does say, let his heart, verse 16, be changed from men's and let a beast heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. The word seven times apply to seven years, especially here in the book of Daniel. If you turn to chapter 11 for a moment, dear brothers and sisters, we read in verse 13, it says, For the king of the north shall return and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army and with much riches. In chapter 12 and verse 7, we read there in verse 7, And I heard a man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand, and his left hand unto heaven, and uh, swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And you see, speaking about the expression time, and times has to do with the amount of years. There will be seven times, seven years will pass over the tree which represented Nebuchadnezzar, which was exalted rapidly, which had a tremendous influence in the world. But because of pride, he ultimately will have to be cut down and humbled by the Lord himself. There's another verse in Revelation chapter 12 that we need to read. If you don't mind, please turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. And then notice in connection with the the word times, Revelation 12 and verse 14, we read, 
And to the woman, this is to Israel, in the future day of the tribulation, was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time. This is three and a half years of the tribulation period from the face of the serpent that is Satan himself. So it really has to do, the word time has to do with years of times of years. Seven times, seven years will pass over the tree which represented King Nebuchadnezzar. Now just a thought concerning trees. You notice in the scripture that oftentimes God used the word trees to represent men. If you turn to Psalm, the first Psalm, Psalm 1, you remember what we read right in the beginning of that Psalm. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And notice that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He shall be, that man of God shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. This is extremely interesting because here we find Nebuchadnezzar is presented as a tree, but the tree will be hewed down because of the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. In the Gospel of Mark in chapter 8, we have another verse that speaks about trees in connection with men. In chapter 8 and verse 23, we do read, And he took the blind man, this is Yeshua, by the hand, and he led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And notice what the man said. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. Men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and he made him look up and he was restored. And he saw every man clearly. Amazing to see how tree in a figure of speech representing also mankind. And here what we see in Nebuchadnezzar is represented by that huge tree that was exalted and extolled. will have so much influence over this world, but because of pride, God had to cut this tree down. But notice that he says, leave the stump of the roots. In other words, there was time in which the stump was left because there will be also a time of restoration. So leave the stump and its roots in the earth, even with the bands of iron and brass and tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the field. 
Let his heart be changed from man's, and let beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven years, seven times pass over him. And so we learn that something will happen to Nebuchadnezzar, and there will be mental disorder in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, which he wants to understand. That's why he presenting this dream before Daniel. And notice, beloved brothers and sisters, as we conclude with this message for today, in verses 17 and 18, the king declare the words that the angel had said, this matter is by the decree of the watcher. In other words, the watchers, the angels that were sent by God, the reason that God gave the Bukhadnezzar this dream and the in the dream he saw the declaration of the watcher, Nebuchadnezzar heard and saw the declaration of the watcher, the purpose behind it is simply this. Notice this, that the man by the word of the Holy One is to the intent that. What is the intent? The watcher in the dream declare what will happen to the huge tree that was so influential and that ultimately it was cut down except the stump and the roots remain because of a future restoration simply because that all must know notice that, that the most high rulers in the kingdom of men and then giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basis of men in other words the purpose of the dream that was given to Nebuchadnezzar is in order to teach all, all humanity, that the Most High, this is the Lord Himself, the God of heavens, the God of Israel, the Most High God. He is ruling in the kingdom of men. Any kingdom in this universe is really under the rule of God. Everything is under the sovereign hand of God. And God in His providence allows things to happen here in this world. That He is the one that rules in the kingdom of men and that He is the one who giveth it to whomsoever He will. Sometimes we wonder why this man is ruling. Why there is another man who is reigning. Why there is a politician who gets a place. Why is it? And we are amazed at this. And yet... The lesson is here that God is in control over the affairs of this world. He gives the kingdom to whoever He will. He gave it to Nebuchadnezzar. He will give it later on to Cyrus. He will give it later on to Alexander the Great. And ultimately to the Caesars. And finally God will give the whole world to be ruled under the kingdom of His beloved Son, the Mashiach himself in the future day. And notice he is setting over the kingdom even the basis of men. The basis of men. God has no respect of persons. He ruling over the affairs of this world. And he is in control over everything, beloved brothers and sisters. And so 
After Nebuchadnezzar presented the dream before Daniel, notice verse 18, Nebuchadnezzar requests from Daniel the interpretation of the dream. And so we read in verse 18, This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. And so Nebuchadnezzar is now requesting from Daniel in verse 18 to tell him the interpretation, because all the wise men of the kingdom of Babylon were not able to make known the interpretation. And Daniel, the man of God, is now to give the interpretation to King Nebuchadnezzar. And this, beloved brothers and sisters, we will learn in the second half of Daniel chapter 4 from verses 19 to the end of the chapter. Until the next time, God bless you. We say Shalom Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.